because there's nothing more frustrating than having an idea, starting doing work, and then having to have a hard stop at one step of the process and having no ability to get through it. During his time in Cleveland, Nick White has noticed what he calls a lack of entrepreneurial infrastructure in a city with a surplus of entrepreneurial spirit. But he has some thoughts on how to possibly fix that. And that's what we'll be discussing on today's episode of Here's an Idea, a show where we talk with people across the city about one thing, big or small, that they think could be done to make Cleveland better. I'm your host, Amy Hansen. So Nick says he first identified this problem a few years ago. He had just quit practicing law to work towards establishing Tremont Athletic Club, a gym on the city's west side. And he says he didn't really find a ton of local resources aimed at helping entrepreneurs figure out how to start a new business. There was a lot of people, a lot of organizations that kind of had entrepreneurial aspects to them, um, you know, incubators and young professionals groups but none of them kind of had this nuts and bolts, this is how you do this. And then once I learned how to do this um, from other entrepreneurs that were my friends uh, and, and just people in the neighborhood, um, linking up with capital was another additional huge challenge that there was absolutely no guidance as to how to actually pitch and even find these people um, to, to, that would provide the capital for your project. So looking back when you were leaving law and if there wasn't kind of like a framework or, you know, uh, any type of guide to tap into, what did you do? What was your first step when you decided you want to open this business? I was very lucky to, to be living in Tremont at the time. And so in Tremont, Ohio City in the Shoreway, um, there's this amazing kind of entrepreneurial spirit just in the community. There's so many people. Um, that own businesses to the point where you walk into a restaurant, you walk into a bar, you walk into a gym, you almost expect to see the guy who owns the place there. Mm -hmm. um, and I also had a, uh, some good friends who were actually starting businesses and were at the same um, point I was, that had either quit jobs or had taken you know, bartending to owning a bar. So I got together, a good friend of mine, Will Hollingsworth, owned the Spotted Owl uh, owns a spotted owl, and he and I kind of went through the steps of starting a business together. So we kind of had a, a brain trust there, but there was also just a tremendous amount of help from people that I didn't know would be there. That um, just people that were very established people that were always willing to—I mean, at the very least, patronize your business when it opened, understanding you know, understanding that's important um, to have community support, but to also answer questions to be like, how do I do this? How, how on earth, and they, and they just, they're able to tell you from a, this is what I did standpoint, which was incredibly valuable. Um, and that's the, the, was great for me, but that not everyone has that, that um, support structure or that, that resource. In fact, I would say almost everyone doesn't. How did you find those people? Like, did you reach out to them? Did they reach out to you? What was that like? Um, drinking at their bars, mainly. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I mean, you just, you find them kind of, they, they, again, because it's, it's Tremont, Ohio City, they're sitting at the bar with you. These people that you see, they're like, that guy owns this. And you walk over and you say, hey, um, I'm thinking about starting your own gym. I understand you started this so-and-so, you know, this, this company so many years ago. Um, do you mind if I pick your brain about some stuff? And you just sit down and have a few beers and then you get this kind of working knowledge of how different people did these different things. And from that, you can kind of 
figure out what you need to do, or at least have a sounding board um, for figuring out what you shouldn't be doing. Um, and so that that's kind of, again, that's the, that, that was my vehicle into doing this, was actually taking um, the, the resources the communities were offering, um, the intellectual resources, and kind of being able to have that as a resource. And it kind of meshed well because then these people were kind of in you know, the same, they were, they were in my mental pipeline of opening the place. So right when it opened, they knew it was here and they were kind of aware of it. And we did all our marketing then, um, through them, through bars and restaurants in the area, um, to, to start, which was very helpful. They kind of got invested, so to speak, maybe without capital, without right. money from the beginning. They kind of bought in. Right. Right. They're like, that, that sounds really cool. And, and, you know, I would always say, well, you know, what would you like it to be? What would you like it to look like? Um, and so that was helpful as well. Like a focus group. That's right. cool. Yeah. Yep. So what is your suggestion or your idea if someone wants to start a business in Cleveland, but they don't maybe have those resources or they're not sitting at those bars and maybe they don't feel, you know, strong or uh, confident enough to go up to someone and, and talk, approach them like you did? I, I think that, that it could happen on two levels. Um, I think that existing groups, young professionals groups um, can really foster more entrepreneurial projects um, as opposed to being business networking groups um, or, or just dating groups um, <laughs> that they could do more to both connect people with, with capital um, but also to kind of market more towards the entrepreneur to get more entrepreneurs involved and to take the networking, you know, that, that B2B networking that kind of is prominent in those groups and turn it into more of a workshop, have, have, have learning, um, just have it more of, of a learning-based group that people can go and have that same resource that I had in the community within these groups. Um, whether that could happen in existing groups or a new group could start, uh, that's, I, I mean, either could work. So what would those look like if you were to create like dream scenario, like really tangible takeaways? It, it, I think it would rely a lot on one more questions from the audience, pe um, people actually participating with their real problems. Um, but really it, it, it would be more of a nuts and bolts thing. It was, this is how, this is how I developed my plan for this. This is who I went to, or, or this is how I uh, approached people with the idea and, and, and the biggest thing, this is how I got the money to do it. Um, right now, because Cleveland has this, this great entrepreneurial kind of boom going on with people wanting to do, do stuff here. It makes kind of this, this lack of connection between, um, ideas and capital kind of tragic that these really great ideas either have to be smaller than they are, they should be or they don't happen at all, or in the worst case scenario, the people leave and do them elsewhere. They go to Silicon Valley, New York, um, where the culture is less risk averse and, um, and, and they, they could actually get the capital and then people want to kind of invest in these, these kind of big ideas. And that, that that's kind of goes back to kind of Cleveland's, I mean, we've always been a working class city and it's kind of what people love about. It. I mean, that's what I love about it, is that the people are very real, and there's not uh, there's a, there's a definite authenticity 
to Cleveland. And with that comes, though, a, a kind of people are very conservative with their finances. There are people here with lots of lots of money, but they don't want to invest it, or they don't, maybe and maybe they don't know how. It's it's just a very cultural thing here that is very hard to to get people to take risks. Um, I, I, I think that was probably the result of, of years and years of years of people that weren't risk averse that wanted to do stuff were leaving. And so now it's, it's the, 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 the culture has to change, which takes a lot more time than just a couple of workshops. But that's how it has to happen. You just do it little by little and all of a sudden, you know, you, you, you get a tide change. So what would be one of those like beginning steps to kind of help that mind shift? I, th I think really it would be to kind of celebrate the people that do do the things um, in, in a way that, that celebrates kind of the city and in the way that celebrates the people that help them do it. Um, to kind of, I, I don't want to say reward the people that, that um, invest in your business because that's what, <laughs> that's what you give them money. Right. Um, but, uh, but to, to kind of showcase those, those people that are actually doing the investment in, in these companies that are, that are kind of making Cleveland so much different right now. Cause there's a, there's a lot of them out there. Um, and a lot of them are always looking for things to invest in, but even in, they don't know even where to find people to invest. In. I mean, I, I, I met with, uh, someone the other day that's just like, I, I have capital and I don't know who to give it to, which I always have an answer for. Right, me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, um, and I thought that was kind of like, you're like, God, this is really tragic that this guy has money, wants to invest, and even he can't find a vehicle. Um, and I know a hundred people that have an idea and 10 of them will actually do it. And to not have that something in place to link those two parties up um, on a city level or even on a, on, a, on a grassroots level is kind of a, it's a tragedy. Let's dive into something. I think that was important to you was like that sense of community, right? So walking into bars in Tremont in Ohio City and having a receptive audience and connecting with people was seems like it was a big deal for mm -hmm. you and still is. Do you think Cleveland as a whole, like the business community would be open to doing things like hosting workshops or connecting with people that have ideas or working with, you know, growing companies. Does, is there a space for these kinds of events? I think we're finding, we're trying to determine whether that's the case or, um, there's a lot of people that are trying to make this happen, but all of the people that are trying to make this happen have businesses to run, which is, um, catch 22, right? Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> like any, any meeting of three or more entrepreneurs, don't even set a start time. I'm sure the scheduling no is one's a nightmare. Gonna, no one's going to be there on right. time. You know, two <laughs> people are going to call in, you know, with some emergency. Uh, so it's, it's difficult. Um, so I don't, uh, the, the solution isn't clear where exactly it should be. I think there is that space. I think there's definitely a need for it. Um, and I'd like to see someone fill it or some group of people fill it. Um, and I'd like to be a part of it. I just don't know what that is. And again, I'm, I'm running a business myself. So it, it uh, I, I think the, the need exists and the desire exists uh, to make this happen. I think 
that it eventually will. And when it does, I think you're going to see a, a, a big shift change. What's your one idea, kind of small or large, to make that happen? So it's those, you know, you mentioned those workshops. So ideal world, kind of what would that scheduling look like to fit both business owners like you, who time is really important, and then people who want to become like you, they want to become those business owners. First, I don't think anyone should become like me. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> um, I think what, what they would do, what they would be is, is kind of have it almost in a, not a classroom uh, or not a, not a syllabus type thing, but, but no tests, no homework. <laughs> you have this, this, this um, starting a business is a, a many step process and everyone, almost everyone is not at, at a different stage in this process. And then, you know, you'll, you'll get certain bottlenecks where everyone stops, like getting investors or um, not having the, the knowledge to make financial projections. The, you, you'll hit these bottlenecks. And wherever those bottlenecks are, the, that stopping point for a group of people, you put um, some sort of workshop or, or um, forum together to get people over that hump. And then another one to get people over the next one. Another one to get people how to negotiate a lease, how to these things that are, are extremely important, not not necessarily as entertaining on paper, but I mean they could be packaged as such and put them in a bar and have some cocktails. Um, but to bring in not just entrepreneurs but lawyers to get someone in there to, to to explain like this is how you negotiate a lease, this is how you, and then ending with the, this is how you make sure you, this is how you pay your sales tax, this is how you. Um, do all these things that you do once you're ready to operate. This is how you get, you know, workman's comp, insurance. This is you need to do all this stuff and to have these things and to not make the same mistakes that everyone, including me, made at these different levels. To kind of you could really streamline that whole process and and, and get people kind of because there's nothing more frustrating than having an idea, starting doing work and then having to have a hard stop at one step of the process and having no ability to get through it. Um, so I think that's kind of what it would have to look like. Almost a, almost a class like oh, that over the, the year, you, you don't, don't have to go to any of them or all of them, you can, but you, wherever you are, if there's someone there and, and some forum that you can go and see, talk to different people who've done it and the people that helped them do it. Um, I don't know what exactly it would look like, but that, that's that's kind of what I'm thinking. That's a good a good groundwork. Let me play devil's advocate for a second. So, what does Cleveland look like in five years of, if this doesn't happen? I think I mean I think it Cleveland has has great momentum as it is with even with existing businesses. I think I, I think Cleveland in five years will be fine, and I think it, it'll be continue to get better um, as people move into the city. Um, if this doesn't happen, I think you're just going to see what's happened a lot in the past is that a lot of great businesses have moved out of Cleveland to go places where things like this do happen and happen on easier and on a larger scale. I think one thing that's really helping Cleveland right now is the fact that people are moving into the city, especially younger people. I wouldn't include myself in that demographic, but you see people moving in from, say, far east, far west suburbs moving into Tremont and Ohio City, that the thing about Tremont and Ohio City, the Shoreway University Circle, it's full of people that are different and it's full of a lot of people that aren't from Cleveland. 
And Cleveland is great. I love Cleveland, but I'm not from Cleveland. So when I came here, I had to get a whole new group of friends. So I got to surround myself with whoever I want. I got to choose my friends based on what they were doing and, and, and at the time. I mean, I noticed that the hardest part about that is is you move to Cleveland and you try and and you're like, oh, I got to make friends, which for like an adult man is the weirdest. It's weird to make friends as an adult. Oh, it's so difficult. It's awkward. It's uncomfortable. Right. Like, you you know, and and when you live here and the people who live here, it's really hard here because everyone still hangs out with the people they went to high school with. This is the only city I've ever even been to where when someone says, where'd you go to school? They mean high school. (laughs) And... um, that's true. Now I think about it. And, and you get you get people moving into these new neighborhoods and integrating with people that aren't from Cleveland. And a lot of times, just different cultures, different cities, different groups that, and, and it kind of broadens their horizons. And they get to go through the same process um, to whatever degree they want to kind of surround themselves with those, those people. So I think as people move into the city, you're going to see a lot more of what we're talking about kind of happening just um, organically. Uh, but in fight, if it doesn't happen, I mean, it would be a shame to, I, I know people who have, um, had to move to Silicon Valley, um, just to get, you know, cause they had a tech startup and to, to, to lose something like that, to lose something that was worthy of the millions of dollars he was given that could have been given to a guy in Cleveland to do it in Cleveland was, it was, it was heartbreaking and to a lesser extent you see people that have these great ideas like guys people that are selling these these awesome food products uh and you see them having to start at such a small scale and take 10 years to get wherever you know they, they, they could have gotten there in in two if whatever was there to help to if there was the money and the tools to help them to help them scale. I know we talked about what Cleveland would look like if this didn't happen, right? If we weren't connecting more entrepreneurs, if there weren't kind of these more productive workshops, if there wasn't a bigger network of people willing to invest in other business owners and therefore invest in the community. But let's flip that coin. And what would Cleveland look like if it did happen? So five years down the road, what kind of city could we be living in? I think... The, the main thing would be our population would be um, a lot different. We would have, because, because I mean, the, the people leaving um, is, is a tragedy um, that have these ideas, but, but really we would have a lot more people coming in. If you can establish yourself as a place where these tools um, and these links to capital do exist, you become a destination for people with ideas. And Cleveland's got one thing that other places don't. We have a lot of people, we have a, we have a group of people a population that 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 works hard, um, but we also uh, are affordable, and you can even properly capitalize. You can start a business at, for a fraction of what you can start it as in the Bay Area or Manhattan. So that that's a, that's actually a selling point. If you could have that kind of that incubator culture in a place where real estate. Um, and cost of living is such that you could you could start something for what it's supposed to be for a lot less. Um, that that would be a, a huge advantage over other areas. And I think other cities are doing this. Pittsburgh, you're seeing this happening in cities of this size that are using the, what they have 
um, which is which you don't think of as an asset, but, but you know, decades of contraction is actually something that 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 has value uh, to startups. All right, Nick. Well, thank you so much for uh, talking with us and sharing these cool ideas about how to make Cleveland better. Oh, you're welcome. And you can find Nick on social media at Tremont Athletic. And be sure to check out more about Here's an Idea over on WKYC.com. Thanks for listening. I'm Amy Hansen.